Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome back to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Drew Burns. And I have my good friend back with us today, Dr. Sonny Spera. Sonny, welcome back. Drew, how are you? <laughs> good <laughs> to talk to you. Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. It's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. very nice way to call it, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, as we are recording this, it's late November in 2020. And I feel like I should just um, start with the elephant in the room. I have many of you listening may may not be aware of this at all, but I know at least a few of you are because you've reached out to me and you've been wondering, are there going to be any more episodes? It's been probably at least two or three months since I put out any episodes. Um, well, my uh, second child was born in September. And so now we have a boy and a girl and um, my wife and I just closed on a home and, you know, we've been kind of a little bit busy. So it took a little unplanned break from the podcast. I think it just happened that maybe the week that my daughter was born was maybe the first week that I, I didn't put out an episode. Um, not intending to take a week or two weeks off even, but one thing led to another, and I still haven't gotten quite back into it yet. So uh, I want to actually open by reading this email um, from a nice uh, dentist. I'll just Her name's Amanda. I'll leave her last name out, but she sent me an email four days ago. Dear Dr. Drew, I hope you and your family and practice are all well. Are you going to continue the podcast? It is seriously one of my favorites, and I miss your upbeat approach to dentistry. Looking forward to hopefully hearing some new episodes. Wishing you the best during this time. Best regards, Amanda. And, Sonny, it was pretty much right after I got that email that I uh, reached out to you. Because I've been mulling it over my head for a little while to reach out to you about possibly... Well, should we just should we just let our listeners know now? Hey, I'm, I'm all in. So, all right. <laughs> so, well, let me just say, um, I got this email, and I really do want to keep putting episodes out. I really do. Um, I love this um, podcast. I, I love interviewing people. I love learning from people. But I kind of realized I needed a little hiatus, uh, just be able to focus on what's most important in my life for right now. Um, and you know, it used to be that I would record an interview. Wouldn't be a big deal. I'd do it on the weekend. I'd be doing it in the evenings, but right now th- those, that's precious time for me with my family. It's, it's, I would be kind of hiding in a back room while there's kids crying and I can't quite negotiate that too easily. Um, so, but I didn't want to let things die. And especially when I got this email from Amanda, it just clicked. I think she's right. Um, I, I really appreciated her perspective. And what stood out to me was the upbeat approach to dentistry. That's one of the things that I do try to kind of bring uh, to this podcast is to give people hope that there is, you know, look at all these people who are doing things successfully. There's so many naysayers in dentistry um, saying that we can't do this or that, but look at all the people we've interviewed over the past, I don't know, three years now or so. I think we're coming up with three years in December um, who have done things well, done things right and are killing it. Um, and it just clicked that I think, while I may be going to take a couple months off, I 
reach out to you right away to see if you'd be interested because you are one of the most positive people I've ever met (laughs) (laughs) to see if you might be willing uh, to take over the reins for a little bit because it's 2020, man, and people are down and there's a lot going on in the world. And I don't think that we should let this thing just fizzle out. Um, I think that you're the perfect person to to take over for a period of time and, and bring some hope and shed some light into this crazy world we're living in. So what are your thoughts? Well, one, I'm flattered. And two, I want to focus on two things you said. One was the couple words for a little bit and then <laughs> a, short, a short period of time. Let's focus on those two concepts. Six months later. <laughs> <laughs> so as we move forward, yeah, I, I'm flattered to, that you thought of me. Um, I don't think it's something that I'm particularly skilled at, but I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as dentists, we have conversations all the time. Right. So I don't think there's a dentist out here that can't have some communication with another person at some level. So can I just jump in real quick for you? And I just want to say that, um, you know, if our listeners have been listening for any period of time, they've been listening to me interview for the past three years. So the bar has been set very low. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a pulse. (laughs) You're going to kill it, man. (laughs) Well, that's good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, nowhere to go but up. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, so I, I look, I look forward to it. It's a challenge, and I think, you know, kind of wrapping my mind around it, and then reaching out to some people that I know, and and uh, trying to get some messages out. And then in my head, I was trying to think of just some some thoughts and some some categories. I think that we could try to do. And I think one nice thing would be to try to hit different age groups or different sectors of the dental market. So we'll call them 50 pluses, 40 pluses, 30 pluses, 20 pluses. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody has something of value to offer, even when you don't think you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been there, you've been there. And and it's just helpful to share that. And hopefully we all learn from it and we make it positive. Uh, As you know, there's plenty of garbage out there. And if you want to look for it or you don't want to look for it, you're still going to find it because if everybody's on any social media platforms, that tends to be the majority of it. And some of the, oh boy, some of the interactions among dentists has become so unprofessional that it's embarrassing. Yeah, And you got to stay above that, that fray and, and hopefully we should hold ourselves to a little higher standard. So you know, hey, what what can we do? What can we bring? And hopefully, I, I I always want to have something of value, and I always promise and hope that I have something of value to offer. And you know, meeting and bringing with the right people. And I know Drew, you've had plenty of interactions, and you have some people that I know you're going to suggest to to mm-hmm. to bring. And and I think that's that's the the way we the way we move forward is continue in the same vein of a fee for service you know, environment and the challenges that we face and the challenges I think that everybody faces, whether it's fee for service or not, I think are going to be some common threads. So mm-hmm. I look forward to it and uh, I have to really brush up on my listening and my questioning mm-hmm. skills. So I love it. And my wife's happy. <laughs> I'm going to work on listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> About time, right? I'm sure yeah. Can. Yeah. It's only taken 35 years. So, <laughs> so I, I think that this comes at a perfect time because one of the things that I was, one of the reasons that I, I kind of pu- pushed pause beyond, besides the obvious of that, okay, I'm, I'm really busy right now with the family life and the practice and all that. But the other reason was that I, I didn't want it to be forced. Um, and I did, I do have a, a couple of people in my pocket that I've been meaning to interview, but I didn't want to just put episodes out for the sake of putting something out. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. If it's going to be out there and if I'm going to invest the time into it, I, I want to learn something too. Um, so I've never had people on who are solely trying to sell anything to us. Uh, it was mostly people that I felt could deliver value, like you're saying. So uh, I'm, I, you know, within the realm of dentistry, I'm sure there's so many great people out there um, that we can learn from. Uh, but I, I guess I kind of felt like I had tapped a little bit of who I would have been interviewing. Um, I'm excited because you've got people in your circles that I know you've already reached out to about possibly being on the show and that I, I wouldn't have otherwise uh, come in contact with. So it'll be nice to get some some fresh people on the on the show potentially. And when I do take the reins back over two months from now, 
three months from now, 18 years from now, whatever, you know, we're not going to set any limits on That's a huge timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in there. Um, what I'm going to be excited about is I think rather than forcing myself to necessarily find new people, which I'm sure will, will come on the show, I'll probably start a phase two, which is going to be based around uh, reaching back out to our former, some of our, our best episodes, um, getting updates from them on their practices and what's changed for them in the last couple of years. You know, we had some people on in, in like the first year who we haven't had back since. Um, I have, I've tried to touch base with some of them from time to time, but there's some that are just like, you know, really great episodes that I got to go back and re-listen to to make sure that when I do an update, um, we can kind of hit the basics of that first episode off the bat and then get into the updates. Um, so I think that's something for, for me at least to look forward to when I hopefully can find a better uh, life balance for the for all of this. But mostly right. I'm excited just to hear who you're going to interview and, and uh, your you know feedback on what they have to say. Well, if you think about it, right, if anybody watches that show Shark Tank, one of the cool parts is when they have Shark Tank updates. So you're going to have right. FFS updates. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a great concept. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Yeah, mostly I, I just love the thought that you're going to be, you know, I, I follow you on Facebook, you know, we're Facebook friends, and you're putting out just uh, status updates all the time, whether it's um, just an inspirational quote or you call it your Sunday sermon. You yeah. just can't help but shine shine light in the darkness. So I can't wait to hear um, your perspective shine through in, in your future interviews. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I've always kind of lived my life that, you know, for, you know, what is it for evil to triumph? That means good people do nothing, you know, or mm -hmm. for darkness to prevail. It's because no one turned on a light. So I just prefer to live my life in the light. So, um, just, uh, the way to go. Um, I don't think there's too many other options for me that are going to work. I mean, we're only here so many days, so many years, might as well make the most of them and, and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, while I've got you here, um, why don't you test out your interview skills on me? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, one okay. of the things I wanted to do was um, give my give our listeners uh, an update. Uh, it's been a minute, like I said, since I've, I've done an episode. Um, and I did record one other episode that I have yet to put out. I don't know if I'm going to put it out before this one or after this one, but it was just a quick update. I, I went to visit Colin Lathrop, uh, his practice, a couple of weeks back. And so while we were... I brought my office manager and while we were sitting in the airport on the way home, <laughs> I did maybe like a 15 minute episode. So that's uh, cool. for our listeners sake, don't be surprised when that one comes out, but that's, I'm still on hiatus, but <laughs> that's going to come out in one, one of these days. But, um, yeah, so I could obviously just go off in a monologue telling people about my practice, but, um, I don't All right. know, why, why not pass Let's it over get started. Okay. Okay. So Drew, last time we talked, we talked right at the beginning of the pandemic and we had talked about, what we thought it would be, how long it would last, some of the changes that we saw ahead. And I don't know if we were all that accurate. We were close on some and off on plenty of others. But so many things have gone on in your world. Why don't you catch us up on, first of all, let's talk about your facility and your building. I know that was a big endeavor. How is that working out? What have you learned along the way? And what tips would you pass along to maybe someone who's thinking about doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, we've got an hour for that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no, thank you for asking. So the building first. Um, I know that every year that passes, it will solidify the feeling that I have now, which is it's the best decision I ever made to build the building. Um, there have been times throughout the process of when it was going up that I thought this was a mistake. I should not have done this. And there are still times now when th there was so much more to it than just the building in that phase of life for me. There were so many other things that I had going on. And um, for the first time in my life, I felt like there were lots of people who <laughs> weren't treating me the way that I was treating them and like didn't live up to the same standard. Uh, just really, people really letting me down um, without getting into a lot of detail on, on that. But I mean, that's directly tied into the building with the contractor, with the architect, with just things not going, the promises that were made that weren't fulfilled. 
But I got through all of that, and that's still um, there's still some residual stress involved from all of that. But it was definitely it's it's paying off. I'll put it that way. So um, it's now it's just the balance of you know financial payoff is one thing, but peace of mind is something entirely different. And striking that balance, you don't know going into a project like this where you're going to land on that spectrum. Um, so the, the financial payoff is, is, I know, is going to be worth it. And I'm seeing the fruits of that and kind of, you know, come together. It's like, okay, good. It wasn't, we, the, the, in a weird way, the pandemic helped a lot with that because, you know, it's, it made me realize, okay, kind of one of the worst things that could happen happened and we're still kicking. We're doing, we're doing fine. We're doing great. Actually, we're going to be do better than we did the year before. Let me um, ask you a question yeah. as, as it related, because I thought that was a very interesting point. Learning about people. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you handle, uh, let's just, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm probably wrong. I might be overstepping, but the disappointment that you experienced in those people that you had built up a certain level of trust and, and expectations in, how did you deal with that? on your end when it was far below your expectations? You know, it, it's tough um, because you feel like you, I think dentistry in general uh, attracts a certain type of person that, that wants to do good for others, um, do good towards others. Mm-hmm. And then you find people who maybe aren't necessarily being malicious, you know, but the way that they hand themse- handle themselves when things take a wrong turn is truly revealing, I think, of, of their character. And you still want to be somebody who upholds your own character. Um, and that, that there's been, there were times when I, boy, I wanted to tell somebody off. <laughs> I wanted to, to curse at them. I wanted to yell at them. Um, just shake them a little bit and be like, do you realize what you've done to me? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you don't do any of that because that's not going to get you anywhere and that's just going to make things worse. Um, so gosh, I, I don't know that I have the right answer. Of course. Um, the way I handled it was case by case. Um, and just really trying to put emotion aside. And that doesn't mean I don't feel the emotion because it's still lingering with me, of course, but like trying to take a step back. I've, I've always been slow to kind of respond and, and react to things in, in those situations because I don't want to say something, that I'll regret. Um, I think more important than, you know, my, what is said is, is how it's said. So yeah, uh, in general, how I've dealt with it is, you know, it still comes up. Lots of things that happen still come up for me and they still like get me anxious and angry. And each day it's just a process of letting it go again, forgiving that person, um, forgiving that occasion, forgiving myself for responding in a certain light or, or fashion. Um, and every, every time it comes back up, it, it gets a little bit easier to do that again, but I'm at a point now where things that frustrate me are things that happened like a year or more ago. And it's like, why am I'm now I'm frustrated with myself <laughs> for still, for still being upset with it. You know, at a certain point, it's just hurting me more than anybody else. Um, that well, was a super paying, vague answer. Did, did I, did I answer your you, question? You did. I think when you're paying the freight, yeah. uh, it's difficult to handle that. And and then when you see a person who just runs their business, if that's the case, mm-hmm. in that fashion, you just, how, how do you stay in business? Right. I couldn't function like that. Not showing up, not fulfilling what I told you I would do. And then mm-hmm. tacking on additional charges when we already discussed this, things like that. I'm sure you, you yes, came across exactly. that. Mm-hmm. And those are difficult to deal with. I'm sure. I mean, I've had more than our share of that. And but in, in the end, there's quite a few shining pearls, right? There's plenty of people that come out. You're like, what a solid person. What a solid business. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very what you true. focus on. Yeah. So go ahead. So you said now the, the financial peace of mind, you were starting to talk about that with the building ownership. Why don't you take that for a few minutes? And sure. Well, that. you know, first of all, the <laughs> as a real estate investment, building this office was not a sound investment. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there from the get-go. And I knew that going into it, but I looked at it from, you know, I, I never wanted to necessarily be a real estate owner. I just wanted a place to practice that I could be proud of, that I knew I was going to be able to still be in 
30 years later or what have you. I wasn't going to get kicked out. Um, so I wanted that control. So, yeah, it's I told you we were talking yesterday about this. I told you that, you know, per square foot, it's probably the most expensive building on the street. What, what my rent is, which is dictated by what the loan was. Um, it was just expensive real estate and everything was expensive. But what it did for me was it allowed our practice room to grow. Um, I went from five ops to we have eight ops equipped and we've got room for 12. Now, we would never have parking for 12. So that's another issue I got to deal with. But um, yeah, the the practice growth has been um, substantial uh, because we now have room to spread out a little bit, you know, and our old office, we had two chairs of hygiene. Now we are, I think, averaging three chairs of hygiene a day um, with two dentists who each have uh, their own two chairs. Um, so we've, it's just, yeah, the numbers just are rising and it's exciting to see the the runway that we have ahead of us to, to keep growing. We're definitely at a point where in the previous office, we had a, a ceiling to our growth. Um, I mean, you can always continue to grow in certain ways, but we, we can grow larger now, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is exciting to me. I remember having those conversations with you very specifically and saying it'll be the best thing you ever did, even when you were losing sleep. But, yeah. uh, the one, the one thing I'm going to ask you, because it re- reminds me, are you a movie fan? Do you ever see Field of Dreams? Yeah, a long time ago. But yeah, great voice, if you build it, he will come. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you're you're just describing it in, in dental terms, right? Yeah. You, you, you don't know what you don't know at the time. You think, oh, I couldn't possibly understand three, three four operatories, et cetera. So let's go, let's go to that. When you were designing this and coming across this, how did you wrap your head around the concept of additional treatment rooms and how it would function in your in your dental in the vision of your practice, like your style of your practice. How did you see that that working? How did you see that working? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked. Well, um, I didn't know. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I knew was um, the more chairs, the better. <laughs> That's kind of what I kept telling myself. So I had looked at different styles that I had ruled out for me. Um, one of them, for example, was assisted hygiene. Uh, I, th- that's not the style of practice that I want to have. Um, I know a lot of people make it work very well, and I've, I've spoken to some fee-for-service providers who do assisted hygiene, who do a great job, apparently, delivering value and, and still doing quality work. Um, it, it works great from a numbers perspective, but I think one of the things that I was running into when I was just kind of mulling over my options was that I needed to have more chair space available and I didn't have that. So that's kind of one of just the, the check mark in the box of um, more chairs give, gives me more options later on down the road. So how we're going to exactly splice and dice these the use of these chairs, my only plan at the moment is just keep on doing what we're doing. So I think we, we could comfortably have three dentists each with their own two chairs of hygiene, essentially, uh, and their own two chairs of, um, you know, clinical, uh, so operative chairs. So, so they've got that. That gives us twelve chairs total. Now, there there are ways to be mo- much more efficient, and maybe we'll, you know, we have the chairs available, so we could always bring in a specialist or, or what have you. But at the moment, I don't have any solid plans for anything other than just routine solid growth and um trying to add providers as we continue to grow to add hygiene and that, that's what i'm trying to figure out now is how do i go about knowing when it's time the right time to bring in another hygienist and it's extra complicated when you try and account for the covid yeah. you know when you're looking at it historically how many patients do you have room for and you had that lull and due to covid and now you've got the you know the, it's coming in waves the mm-hmm. hygiene patients. So how do you plan for growth? And, and, you know, we hired on a hygienist and then she, um, when we were really busy and then she left when she saw that we were heading into October, November, because things are going to get slow again. Um, uh, and now we're getting really busy again. And it's like, gosh, should things slow down again? Um, just because of the way patients fell into our schedule. I hope we don't lose any more team members as a result. Yeah. Well, talk, speaking of team members, as your growth came, so comes, and I remember speaking to you very specifically about yes. 
the financial coordinator, uh, your office manager, and some of the challenges, right? You know, probably not yeah. great memories, but no, you, you, you're still standing, right? You're still standing, yes. you're still smiling, so you get through it. Now, what were some of the challenges that people will face, some of the people that are listening uh, might face as they grow? What are some of the growing pains specifically as it relates to your team? Unfortunately, um, I think it's fair to say, people told me this along the way, um, when you make a change that big, you can expect to lose part of your team. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, yep. you know, people will st- stick with you through it all. But I took that more personally than I should have at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely lost team members, um, you know, leading, leading up to the move, just because I was... Um, distracted for for lack of a better term distracted by from the practice by building the office um there's so many decisions that had to be made and deadlines that had to be met that i i just yeah so we, we lost some team members people that i really believed in really counted on and you know expected to be there for the, their career um mm-hmm. ended up leaving to go elsewhere or to, you know various reasons mm-hmm. um so unfortunately, I think that's something you need to be willing to accept, but that you shouldn't sacrifice your visit vision because mm-hmm. of that risk. Uh, and boy, am I, you know, thinking God, I, yes, I did have um, some pretty, <laughs> I always like to say that there's no drama on my team. That's, that's no longer true. There, there definitely was a lot of drama for a short period of time. Um, I, and I won't get too into it, but there was, um, someone who I really thought was going to help our, take our practice to the next level. And I, I spoke to you some about, about this some a little bit. We had a few co- phone conversations. Uh, and, um, you know, thankfully that the person's no longer with us because that, that just left. She, she decided to leave. Um, but it was such a drawn-out, stressful thing. And I, I got myself into the feeling that, like, we weren't going to be able to hit the next level without her. And then in the void that was left when she was gone – um, the team member that I hired at the front office, um, just to kind of be a scheduler. Oh my goodness. She's now our office manager and she is phenomenal. And she's done more than anything to kind of help me be able to relax a little bit and see, okay, she gets it. And got a round peg and a round hole now. See? Yeah. Yeah. She's not working against me at every turn. Mm-hmm. It's just too much energy that we have to expend every day in dentistry to, not have to expend that with people on your team rowing in the other direction. It's just, right. it's just, it's not a, it's not a profession that you can survive that way. It's just too much conflict, too much turmoil. And, and, uh, that's, that's my feeling. And, and, and you had to do what you had to do. So, I mean, unless you can clone yourself like multiplicity, you know, you can't do that. You have to be the, the dentist, you have mm-hmm. to be the owner. You have to be the real estate person, and, and you have to wear all those hats. And there's times when, yeah, you you felt it. And I remember talking to you. You you could sense in your voice that you felt you were failing on one end. When when you weren't, it just wasn't mm-hmm. allowing you to put the attention to it that you were used to. Right. And the beauty of this, look what's happened. You've seen people rise. You've seen people step up. Now speaking to that, did you help? That person, like, how about the definition of where they where they stepped into those roles? Were you clear with your definitions? Did you morph them? Because you know you're changing. You went from mm-hmm. four to six rooms to, to, to now eight rooms. How did that How did that evolve, and how did that come to where it's at now? Yeah, that's one of the areas that I, I fail as a leader is creating a very clear guideline as to what whose responsibility is. You know belongs to who, <laughs> where the responsibilities fall. Um, luckily, uh, the, our current office manager, um, I mean, she, she's just done a really good job in filling in the voids. And she also understands that she can't be the one to fill in the voids forever. Um, you know, cause she, she I'm saying using the term office manager, but really, you know, there was a point last year, when we had four front office, I think at least four front office team members, um, including like an office manager. And, and the old office, we we had two always. And then I was trying to kind of help us to level up and 
cover some of the deficit created by my attention being elsewhere. So I hired our first office manager. That didn't work out. Um, I've had a couple since then. <laughs> um, and right now, we only have two front office team members, my our office manager included. And we have far fewer issues than we ever had with four people up there. Um, that kind of gives you some idea as to getting the right person in, in the right spot. Um, now, I mean, I, I was look, looking for the right person all along, and I, I thought I had that person every single time I hired somebody, but you don't, you don't know until mm -hmm. you're there, I guess. Um, so as far as defining their roles, I mean, she was hired on for a different role, and she was the only one who was kind of coming in every day through the shutdown to help me. She was um, not that the other pe people weren't willing to, but she was there every day, not worried about whether or not she would be getting unemployment um, instead of, you know, so people would rather be at, at home collecting unemployment during that time. But she was didn't even ask about that. And she knew the situation well. And she was helping to get patients rescheduled and, and reach out to people and make sure that, you know, we we're going to be set when we do come back. Um, and it, during that time, her and I were able to have a, a lot of good conversations about the future of the practice and what her role was going to be. Um, so that was kind of when she started turning the corner from a, a patient coordinator more towards an office manager type position. And she just really took initiative and, and you know, let her color shine. So. So you would say that she helped define the position? Would that be a fair yes. Okay. So if you had to replace, I mean, just especially for people that are going to be going through some of this, if you had to replace that person right now, do you have a clear vision of what that job entails? And would you, do you think you'd be able to hire somebody better in that capacity? Nope. Than where you were six months ago. <laughs> nope. So <laughs> that's that's obviously a shortcoming. That's something I I want to put my head in the sand and convince myself that she's not going to leave before I retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it would be good to have a clear. We're still evolving, so I think we, we've got an office manual with the positions, the positions described and, and the responsibilities written down. She luckily has kind of updated it along the way a little bit. Um, so it's not like we don't have anything in place, but, you know, as far as finding someone to replace her, there's things that you can't put on paper that she does so well. Really? Yeah. Give us a couple examples. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, she makes up for you know, my shortcomings all, all over the place. So what was it? Um, there was something that happened where my wife texted me when I was meeting you. Were, okay. Julie, my wife is, is within earshot. So she said we were on the phone and, um, yeah, it was something where Julie was telling me, okay, I need to be here at 1 PM or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And so meanwhile, I'm, I'm on, I'm in our consult room with my office manager and by the time I hung up the phone, she passed me over a post-it note that said, meet Julie at 1 p.m. <laughs> it's just like, thank you, because <laughs> she knew I was going to forget. <laughs> and Like, you can't put that in a job description. Um, when you're able to sense that your boss is way too scatterbrained to <laughs> remember to fulfill his commitment that he just made to his wife two seconds ago, um, write down a post-it note what he said that he was going to do. Like... There's things like that that she's really good at follow through on things. I've kind of I'm, I'm more comfortable being in a role of, okay, I know where I want to go with things. Here's the next step, but I'm not going to take it to the tenth step. Um, so I can kind of give her um, three or four things that are important to me in a task, and she could take it all the way through to the, to the last step and and do it probably better than I was going to. Whereas a previous office. Previous office managers, I felt like I had to just detail every single little thing, which made me felt like I was being a micromanager, which is not really who I am by nature. It was just like I saw them not take things through to the, you know, my expectation, and it ended up with a worse result than if I had done it myself. So, well, in retrospect, that time that you spent with her, do you think that bond that you guys created in terms of 
you really explaining and defining the vision allows her now the freedom to go there because she really understands that. So if you were to fill that role, you would need to make sure that someone else has that vision or that understanding. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. The The funny thing for me is that I felt like I invested way more into our previous office managers who didn't work out in um, explaining the vision and, and the why behind everything that we're doing. And then I just got really lucky with our current one that she, she just got it. Um, and she had been in the role for a few months when I kind of just hit the reset button and said, okay, we let's, let's backtrack and let, let's, let me take you through where we've been, where we're going and the, the why behind everything, which she had kind of picked up along the way. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's incredibly important is, is, um, sharing the vision with your team so they understand, um, you know, why it's also important. Is there anything in her background that would lead you to believe that she is exceptional in this role or is this just. So luckily she did come, um, from another office where she had some really good training and she was eager to grow. Um, but that, um, office like didn't have room for growth. It was Mm -hmm. a larger practice. Um, but all of the kind of manager type positions were already filled and had been filled for a while. Um, so they weren't, what I understand, they, they weren't about to be investing more into her uh, in terms of a promotion or something of that nature. So I guess the, to answer your question, though, is, and she only had good things to say about them, but um, she had good training, uh, which is just initiative. And drive. Yes. Could you see that? Could I see that when I hired her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was impressed from, with her from the start. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I think as you move forward, though, I mean, one suggestion off the top of my head, if you don't Please. mind me saying, is I think as she continues in this role, I think she can help you define some of the other things. Because as you grow, you're not going. I don't think you're going to be able to do it two people functioning. Oh that, no, not at all. Spot. So I think between the two of you, you probably can come up with some more clear definitions and. And like, just take what you talked about, like the post-it note with your wife and, and, and your, let's call it your personal calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's helpful to kind of define some of that and then say, okay, these, these are going to fall underneath this person's job title, um, mm-hmm. responsibility. And I know with, you know, and I'm the same way. It's like, it's human nature is you see something, you pick it up and you do it. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean like, oh, that's not my job. Like, you know, the typical... <laughs> You know, if you ever visit Italy, I'm an official. I drive the bus. I don't do anything else. Like, you, you don't want it as clear cut as that. But I think it helps when you have some of that stuff a little bit defined. I, I bet you if you spend some time, you could you could start to define some of those things. And she can help mm-hmm. you with it. But I think that'll be really helpful as you grow. When you bring someone in that role, and this just reminds me of that book, The E-Myth, so clearly. Sure, yeah. As you bring someone into that role you have it kind of your expectations laid out for them and you know, you're going to probably say we want this done here and these are some of the steps, but not all the steps are defined. You have to come up with, you know, the process getting to this, this is what we're going to look for this result. And this is what we're going to inspect. Right. Right. It's, it's a fun time when you're, when you're in the mode you're in right now, it's fast, fascinating. And maybe you don't think that cause you're right in the middle of it, but I look back on it and say, yeah, that was fun time too. Um, so mm-hmm. let's let's get back to one other thing. All right. Um, sure. We talked about the building, the growth, the, the team. What looking back now, what are some of the things that you would advise people in your shoes to do maybe differently or to approach differently? You know, I gosh, I don't know, even speaking to myself, what I really could have done differently other than like okay in this very specific instance don't make this same small mistake <laughs> don't hire that architect <laughs> right <laughs> like i i tried to find people that had dental experience to make the process smoother um and that's what i was told they had but it wasn't smoother <laughs> um but definitely i think finding somebody who if you're going to build a building it's helpful if, if the people involved have done dental before um that's my opinion, but 
I again, I used people who told me they had. It was less experience than I thought, and it didn't. I still had far too many issues for what I should have had. Um, Would that be I in think, the trades that you were dealing with, like? Yeah, I'm, plumber, I'm speaking specifically the architect and the general contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I use design ergonomics to plan out my floor plan. I remember then, talking about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I like them. Um, yeah. Nobody's it's it's perfect. Account. We did have one or two bumps in the road, but they they stood by their their work. They I didn't have issues with them like not taking ownership of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job for me, so I, I would re- I would recommend them. Um, you know, I, I think in a bigger sense, my advice would be really think about what it is that you want, uh, because, you know, um, a big practice sounds nice and I do enjoy the growth. I enjoy seeing things grow, but boy, does it come with a lot of unforeseen headaches. Um, you know, if we ever hit the, the growth that we're talking about to be able to use all 12 chairs and somehow solve our parking issues. Um, I'm looking at a team of like 20 plus people. Um, we've got, we've got like 17 parking spots, so that would never work at the moment. But, uh, parking aside, you know, I started with a team of like five people when I, when I took over the practice Mm -hmm. and I think from that five person team to the 20, let's say 23 person team. Okay. Well, that's, you know, only adding, what is it? 18 people or so. Don't, don't check my mouth, but you're, you know, you're only adding 18 people or so. But all of the people who didn't work out in the process, you'd probably go through 100 people to get to the right 23 people. Um, and that's what's caused me more stress than anything else is just the the growing pains of, of growing a team. Um, you know, really putting your trust in somebody and then having them and investing your time and energy into somebody and then having them not work out a year later for whatever reason. Um, so that's just... Anybody help you with that, Drew? Like as you're as you're moving forward in the challenge, because to me, I, I we we went through this. You know, we started yeah. in, a, in a you know four operatory, four treatment room office, two hygienists, two assistants, two front desk, and then went and we built a new place down the road, and it was went from four rooms to eight rooms, and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, one of the people that helped me was instrumental for me with my father and with some of his IBM training and management. He helped us create some management structure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anybody or anything, uh, anyone that's, um, helping you or if you've got some models and some role models, you've said you visited, uh, a friend's office. I mean, is, is there some of that? Cause to me, every time I see a dentist, it's always the things I start looking for taken away is how do they operate? Not, mm-hmm. not, I don't care how they cut a crown prep or what, what materials they use and amalgam composite. I don't give to, you know, what, sure. I, I really want to see how do they interact how, what systems do they have in place? How do they handle conflict? Those kind of things. Have, have you, mm-hmm. how has that shaped for you? Yeah. Well, so I am not like a coaching client of anybody's. I'm not, um, I know there's different coaching services out there and I've done some of them at different times. Um, at the moment, I, everything I've just learned from podcasts, interviewing, on my own podcast, listening to other podcasts, interviewing some really smart people, I, I, getting to see their offices in, in person sometimes, and then an evolution of what um, we had in our practice into what we grew into. And for example, the hiring, I, I want to delegate as much as possible. So I finally feel like with my former office manager, I, I we just weren't sinking on the hiring process. I tried delegating that to her. And it was just like pulling along at every single step, um, trying to get her to kind of see the vision. Um, with our current office manager, I feel like I could just go away for a month and put her in charge of hiring three people, and they're going to be the best people we've ever had. And it's going to save me so much headache. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. I um, A little bit of this, a little bit of that is is kind of how our processes and systems have evolved. Um, through Facebook groups and, and, you know, reading about how other people are doing certain things, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, uh, current coaching client at the moment. I feel like we're in a, a good spot. Well, I think one of the great things that is available and you started this fee for service, uh, po- podcast, the Facebook group and just the community. Heck to, yeah. And, and, you know, if you go and listen to people and 
you know, fee for service is dying and corporate dentistry is taking over and it's morphing into this and you're, you're a dinosaur and you know, that's okay. Right. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, you hear that and, mm-hmm. and there's also people that think, Oh, if you're a fee for service then you're a snob, you, you must only sure. do three cases and you're everybody's an all on four or whatever. And I just think you've debunked that myth and thank you for that. And thank you for creating this whole community. Uh, I, I do think though that, that community, one of the things that we all can do is, is share. And I've learned my greatest lessons from people that I admire and people I've dentists that have you know, walked a mile in my shoes or mm-hmm. beyond. They've had much greater challenges in their lives. And I, I just continue to learn. I think it's the f- most fun thing we have in our profession is the, 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 the learning process. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, this, this, um, this whole podcast milieu was not something I was that familiar with until I started, you know, talking with you about things. And mm-hmm. there is just a plethora of information. Uh, is there anything in specific that you want to mention that you found or uh, people that you've met or just kind of keep it general? I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But. Sure. Yeah. No, I think you, you're right to bring up this group. Um, like, boy, I, uh, that's what kind of I was really into dental podcasts early on just because, you know, I was very young in my career. I still am, but I was looking, I was young and cheap. I'm still both of those things, but <laughs> I was looking for ways to, to learn. And it's like, Oh, this is the best part of CE. Everyone always says when you go to CE, yeah. you, uh, you know, you learn more talking to people at lunch and this is, that's kind of what the podcast brought to you. I couldn't um, believe how young you were, by the way, because <laughs> when, when we first met and I was like, because you were just thinking beyond your years and it was it was refreshing, just refreshing. Oh, thanks. So, thank well, you. I appreciate that. And heck, I probably it's because I've been listening to a lot of wise guys like yourself on podcasts. So <laughs> now I'm going to tell you. So wise guys mean something else. But thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, uh, yeah. So I but, but the one thing that was lacking every time I was you know, listening to all these different and subscribing to different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Rarely was there anything specific to fee for service. And when there was, I would listen to that episode several times and it finally just clicked. Like we need a community uh, specific to, because to, it's a different type of practice and, and style. Like there's, there's a lot of, I, I've learned a lot from the practices, from the, the educators that do multiple practices. I learned a lot. Learned a lot that's applicable to my own practice, but then there's a lot that's not uh, applicable, and I needed something. I needed a resource that was. I wanted to get out there and interview and question people who were, you know, doing things right and and doing well at it. And back to your earlier point about debunking that myth that fee-for-service dentistry is, you know, dying or is going to go extinct. I just think that, you know, there's there's always going to be be people out there that are willing to pay more for quality and go out of network with our insurance or whatever it may be or pay cash. Um, But it has to be married with, you know, excellent quality and a a high degree of, you know, ethics. You got to be doing the right thing and treating people right. And when you're doing that, like they're, they're going to, that's going to get noticed and it's going to work out well. Uh, It's harder to do than it used to be, but I, I, I truly believe that. And I, I want to, help our listeners find ways to do that in their own demographics. Certainly some areas are much more challenging to do that in than others. But, you know, if, and I'm, I'm in a, a pretty decent area demographics wise, but my, my thought is if I can figure it out, like, so can you, um, because I, I'm not the brightest. I've just, <laughs> I've, uh, and it's working out so far. Who knows what it'll be like in, in four years, right? That's, that's the other side of that coin. Uh, I take it one day at a time. Well, that's that's my feeling a thousand percent. I'm no different than anybody else. And and if I can do it, so can you. And, you know, our, my journey, just some of it was actually by accident and, and just embracing things and being open to it. So I, I just love it. I, I mean, I, I've had nothing but a great experience dealing with um, the people I've met through the fee for service podcast, people who followed up, people I've, I've met through the Facebook social media that, you know, whether it's through that or not, I, I, I've been blessed and I just couldn't be more passionate as, as we move forward. And I think the pandemic, which we have really kind of not addressed, which was pretty smart of us. Uh, I think the the pandemic, I think taught us a 
heck of a lot about ourselves, mm -hmm. our teams, our communities, uh, what's really important and the strength of it. And, and what you mentioned before, how some people are not going to make that transition and change. And then how do you deal with the loss of a team member and et cetera, et cetera. So I think you come out on the other side when you are faced with these life changing experiences. And I think if you have a great support network and a su support team at home, like your wife, your children, your team at the, at the office, I think we can't help it, but, you know, improve. So, I thank you for all you've done with this and thanks for thinking of me to do this and I'll, I'll do my best. And heck yeah. I loved hearing everything you had to say. We could probably do three more podcasts where you're the guest. So why don't you <laughs> think about some topics and we'll hit you up. Hey, that sounds good to me. Um, so I think what's going to happen here is, um, you know, I, I don't want to uh, have you overcommit. Our agreement was you'll, you'll try some episodes out and give it a shot Yep. See how it works into your, uh, you know, life balance as well. Um, but I know what's going to happen inevitably when it's my turn to come back. Our listeners are going to be like, no, <laughs> because I think you are fantastic at interviewing people. I think you did a great job. So thank you for that. Well, um, you're welcome. I, I put you on the spot pretty much, but you, you no, just, that's good. you're a plethora of information and, a, and, well, and we're just scratching the surface of things to cover. I mean, the first three questions I asked you, I'm not sure we even got to the second or third one, but <laughs> so many, so many ways and so many things that we could talk about that you have such value to offer. And, uh, you know, I, I learn from you every time I, I talk to you. So that's Thanks. very kind of you to say that you you're the one with decades of experience and I'm just still figuring things out. So, um, now I should feel like we should also mention that, um, it's late November. We're recording this before Thanksgiving, but by the time that comes out, it's probably going to be after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, I don't know if I'll you. be back on until after Christmas. So let's just get that out of the way as well. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> happy Valentine's day. Look at you. Right. What other holidays? Let's just Would you cover... say 18 years. That means your son's going to be on the podcast, running the podcast. <laughs> that's <buddy>. right. That's <laughs> when. That's when uh, we'll take back over. Is when he graduates he middle school, he'll be right back here. That's cool. There you go. That's going to be his goal. That's that's his job. <laughs> no. Um. All right. Well, I'm excited. Uh, we should probably wrap it up, but I can't yep. wait to to hear where you're going to go with this. This. So. Um. Yeah. I'll be listening. You got it, brother. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Sonny. Take care. You Thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.